0: What's up, y'all? It's
1: your girl, KB.
0: Raffinette here.
1: And welcome to Heart Combos with KB and Raffinette. Welcome, y'all. Welcome back to another show. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate um, you guys who are returning, who've been listening to us for the last couple of weeks. We are officially in our third episode together. Um, And, yeah, we're glad that you're back. If you're new to the Heart Combos podcast, welcome Um, go ahead and check out the last two episodes you'll get a good taste of who we are as individuals how we met um, how our story kind of aligned to bring us to this point as co-hosts and if you're really interested in diving in you can check out what I like to call the OG episodes and hit those first five episodes that kind of really lay the foundation for what heart combos are and what I'm trying to do here with this uh, with this platform and so yeah jump into those if you'd like um, this week, I'm really excited about our topic. I think it's going to be great. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted—I just want to make a little bit of a shout out. Is that okay? Can I can I shout? Can I shout some people out? Shout out some of the s- subscribers. No, actually, I was going to shout out my co-host uh, because oh. she definitely, definitely started her blog this week. Oh my week, gosh! So we are very excited. This was not planned. It was not. So <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. What's like Something, something vacation. Okay, yeah. Nope. Nope. Don't even know yep. the words. Don't. I don't. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. You're All very, right. very, what? Well, no. <laughs> sit here just for a moment. In this moment, we are going to stay right here. Uh huh. Um. Y'all, listen. Raffiné has been journeying with me through. I don't know, a million and one endeavors. I have an idea, she walks with me through it. She listens, she shoots them down, she says, Whoa. Oh, "That's a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> she gives me she gives me perspective. But guess what? For the first time ever, Raffiné has put herself out there um on a platform with her writing in her in her blog. I'm in her blog and I'm very very <laughs> proud of her doing that and so go ahead and tell the people where they can find you if they want to read a little bit more about your story
0: my blog is beingrefined.com so that's b-e-i-n-g r-e-f-i-n-e-d dot com being
1: refined yes how often will you post
0: the goal is to post something every week so this is just the first post it's out there and
1: people are reading it they sure are. <laughs> sure are. Listen, shout out to uh, Angela Johnson. Sure are. Sure are. <laughs> My gosh. So excited. This is great. I'm I'm very, very proud of you because it takes a lot. I mean, maybe some of our listeners know, but it takes a lot to put yourself out there on social media, you know, on the interwebs, on the Internet, um, especially when you're going to put something out. That is a piece of your story that's vulnerable, transparent. You know, it's just it. It's it's more than just a great selfie on Instagram with with a Oslo filter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's um, it's more than that. And I, I'm just very proud of you for taking this step and really for inviting people to come alongside you in the journey as you you know reminisce and talk about just you know the day to day stuff. So, yes, last time, thanks. Congratulations.
0: Appreciate it. You're very yep, kind. Yeah.
1: You know, I try to be. You know, I'm really working on it. Uh, All right. <laughs> oh, man. So today we are going to be talking about uh, passion over paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are. We're talking about. Um, careers we're talking about work we're talking about jobs we're talking about how you make the decisions um, and what influences your decisions to pursue the things that you pursue you know and so that's what we're talking about today passion over paycheck because let me tell you sometimes those numbers look real good they don't have nothing to do with what you want to do and what mark you want to leave in the world so Mm -hmm. it's like listen is it worth it I don't know so it's the question we're gonna we're kind of kind of talk talk about today. We're gonna have a heart combo about it today. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So let, when we're talking about jobs, Raffiné, what jobs did you work in high school? Like, what was your first like job? Job,
0: like W two job
1: or just
0: job? Okay, so those under are the, different. Uh, un-
1: under the table mafia job, you know? Like <laughs> really, one, mafia though? <laughs> I mean, oh my God, you talk about some W two. What you was doing without a W two? babysitting i uh, spent a lot of years watching children
0: um my godbrother and well, I had a godbrother I have a godbrother and two god sisters and um so I watched them weekends and on the in the summertime listen, me and my cousin we stayed paid and loaded with money watching kids. <laughs> For two days though, it was it was the best setup. She would watch them Tuesday and because th- Godmom was off on Monday, so she would watch them. She, my cousin, would watch them Tuesday and Wednesday, and then I would go home with them from church on Wednesday night and watch them Thursday and Friday. And then Friday night we was at the movies, we was out eating, we was just living it up. And wow, I mean. I stayed having money. My mama always talked about me, that I was tight with my money. Not no more. I wish I was, but that's
1: another <laughs> subject. <laughs> Listen, we need to have Anthony O'Neill on the show to, to talk to us about budgeting and uh, oh my boundaries and goals with your finances. Um, right. No, but, but for, go ahead. Oh, my W-2
0: job was when I was a senior in high school. That was the first like W-2 legal job I had was- okay. 04 and um, or 03 to 04 I worked I did a co-op at school so I went to school half a day worked half a day in my field that I thought I was going to go into and so I worked at a pediatric office um, after school and that was cool because I didn't want to be at school all day and I really liked the people that I worked with there Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah which is huge Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, that's dope I always had jobs too like for real. Like multiple. And I worked everywhere. So you're like, oh, I have like one real job. <laughs> listen, <laughs> in high school alone, I probably worked like six different jobs. Oh my gosh. Listen, over
0: over four? At what age? You couldn't even work until...
1: Listen, don't ask me no questions, okay? okay? I'll tell you no lies.
0: <laughs> Lord.
1: I'm serious. Listen, I worked everywhere from restaurants, right? Waitressing. I worked at Bush Gardens, which is a theme park um, in the area that I, I grew up. It was, like, the job every, like, teenager worked at. And I worked on rides. So okay. you could be doing several things at Bush Gardens, but I was on a ride. Um, I worked at a convalescent center, which is... You was wiping people's butts? Oh, my God. Really? Did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> is this for your butt? <laughs> no. No. Oh, my goodness. I was... <laughs> a waitress <laughs> um, and not that I wouldn't do that so I'm not speaking you ill wouldn't. of them okay you're right you're I are not speaking wouldn't. ill of them but you would not do it <laughs> I wouldn't do it because y'all I don't do well I don't do well with like hospitals and seeing people like uncomfortable or or hurt or sick listen it, when Amara gets sick my whole life I'd be like I'd be mad at the world like I cannot believe she coughing like <laughs> just, just upset <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I've had to, like, visit my friends in the hospital, I'm not the one. I'd be in the corner, mad at everybody. Oh, to my God. In, so true. Earth. I just, I'm not the best. I'm not. Like, there are people who I believe God has given, like, the gift of, of compassion. And um they are, like, have the gift of, like, mercy. Like, they can, like, feel what people feel and, like, really just be there. I'm not that one. I'm just going to be mad. And you don't want me to be mad in the hospital with you. You're probably mad, too. It's just I'm, mm. not, the, I'm not the best one. <laughs> So no, I wouldn't I would not be serving the elderly in that way because <laughs> I'd probably be the one like, Come on, you trying to get up out of here? You trying to go? Okay. Let's go. No. See? <laughs> People be in trouble fooling with you. Exactly. So what was I doing? I was waitressing. Okay. Um Okay, still was, cooking. Got it. I was I was Your just food service. Yes. I was still serving in that way. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like I did a little bit of everything. But the high point for me, I think. With all of the jobs I had in high school, I um, worked at a racetrack, a horse racing track called Colonial Downs. And it was the best, mainly because I got to watch like so many different types of people come and enjoy like these races. It was cool to like see the horses and stuff, but I was in food service there. So like I was waiting tables, like sometimes on the club level. And then um, sometimes I would be able to like do suites, which is where all the great tips were. Um, but yeah, a bit. yeah, I'm always trying to get a job where my personality works <laughs> to my benefit, uh, where I get to talk to people, engage people on that level. And so, yeah. And in college, same kind of thing. Like, I, I wasn't really here for, like, the internships and being in somebody's office. I think I tried to do that for, like, three weeks once, and I was like, absolutely not. Um, so I worked at, like, the arcade on our college campus. Y'all had an arcade on campus? Yeah, it was like it was, called, it was. I think it was called like the break zone. I went to Virginia Tech, and I think it was like the break zone. So we had like bowling pool. That's cool. Um, yeah, games. What else did? Oh, I drove buses. That's the other thing in college. In college, I got my CDL. <laughs> so I still can't I,
0: believe you drove buses. I like wish I would give anything buses. to see a video or <laughs> to ride on a bus that you were driving.
1: Listen, 35 feet, 40 feet, oh my 40 foot buses. Yeah. I did. I did. And I only <laughs> I only applied because I didn't think I was going to get it. And they were like, oh, she can whip. I was like, I can. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Come on, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brad. <laughs> I can whip. Uh, Yeah, man. And so I did that for like two years, the last two years of college. Um now, see it, paid, I- it paid really well. So.
0: See, in college, I did work more jobs. So high school was like my chill time. But in college, I bounced jobs because I thought no one would say anything about me bouncing jobs since I was in college and I needed it to work with my school schedule. So Mm. I worked at a law office as like a clerk. I worked at a grocery store. I worked at a retail store. For several years in college, I did have one job that was kind of consistent. I was a tutor for this program called AVID, and they have it in some of the schools out here. It's like a program where kids, it's trying to encourage them to go to college and learn these study skills and things like that. So I did AVID tutoring in a middle school for like maybe three and a half years or so. Also worked on campus. I worked in (laughs) Picture this in the activity center um, where I was not active and uh, was paying my money to be active. Wow. Um, but I, I worked in the activity center for a couple of years, too, and I probably had some other jobs. The running joke in college for me was, Raphne, how many W-2s did you get this year? Um, because I stayed in a different job and my friends knew it. So always in February, they, like you get how many this year? And probably the most I got one year was like five or six. No,
1: come Um, on, hustle. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's go. Well, the the crazy thing for me is I always was working and because I always enjoyed having my own money. Um, yeah, I just, I'd never wanted to not be able to do something because money was an issue. Um, I think I got that from my dad. My dad was a firefighter, and um, he would actually pick up extra work during, like, the Christmas holidays and, you know, during seasons where he wanted the family to be able to do, you know, extra things. And, I mean, the military pays just fine, so it's not like we was hurting in that way. But he, I remember he would, like, go do random stuff to get, you know, extra money, like, seasonally so that we could, like, go all out for different things. And and for me, I think I just kind of kept that in my pocket, like, yep, like— I want to make sure that I always have money to do the things that I want to do, which is crazy, ironic because I ended up being a missionary <laughs> coming out of college and then being an artist full time, which neither one of those things is consistent income. <laughs> Both of those things will have you on a struggle bus some days <laughs> and uh and and your income is not nearly as guaranteed and so for me i wanted I went to school to pursue being an architect. I wanted to have a career in architecture, one, because I thought it would pay well. But two, I I thought really that I was going to be designing houses. That's what I thought I was going to do. I realized I didn't like math nearly as much as I needed to in order to be successful at that. And so um, I ended up leaving with a degree in interdisciplinary studies um, with focuses in like psychology, sociology and religion. And so I knew that I wanted to do what I wanted to work with people. I was like, I want to work with people. I learned in college that I had a huge love for people um, and I was like, I want to be where people are. And then at that point, I wanted to be where teenagers were, but I did not want to be a teacher. So I was like, eh, what could I do? So I ended up going on staff with a ministry in Virginia called acts two. And we were building with students um, through a partnership with young life at the schools. We had these things called club where kids would come and like, we do all these activities and like share the gospel with them and, Um, I ran an after-school program for a little bit. Um, That was interesting, (laughs) trying to tell kids to do their homework when I never wanted to do my (laughs) homework in high school. Uh, Never wanted to get ahead. I was, yeah, no. And so did that for a while. Walked with a lot of young girls through really difficult things, but but I loved doing that. And then when life took a left turn and I ended up being in a group and doing some stuff with a label and touring and going into music full-time, um, that was still inconsistent, like with income. Because with the ministry, I had to like raise support, which meant that I had to ask people to come alongside what I was trying to do with those teenagers financially by giving a certain amount every month so that I wouldn't have to get a job I can commit, like a, 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 a every traditional month. job. Yeah, so I wouldn't have to get a traditional job, I could commit 40 hours a week to the work that I was trying to do with this with these teens. I needed something to supplement my needs financially. so. You recruit people that, uh, that are excited about what you're doing, have caught the vision for what you're trying to do, and then they give to you monthly so that you can do the work that you feel like God's called you to do. Um, similarly to how people are similar. Sorry, let me, <laughs> let me, let me fix it because <laughs> will will correct me. Similar <laughs> to how people are like, oh, I want to be a missionary in China. <clears throat> so they'll like raise money to go overseas to China to be a missionary same thing but stateside so I did that for a while but then I went into the artist life which is almost just as bad in the sense that people have to book you for you to be paid <laughs> so yeah you're like making music and want to sell your music and all that kind of stuff but you want someone to book you so they can pay you to do a show for whatever it is they're 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 doing and that's really out of your control too so it's out of my control you know someone giving to my ministry partner team is out of my control somebody booking me to come dj something or for the group to come perform somewhere so there's this aspect of like oh i don't necessarily work 40 hours clock in clock out and get that money every every two weeks (laughs) it's just Mm -hmm. different and and i was yeah i don't i would not have picked that life for myself but i know without a shadow of a doubt that that's what God was calling me to in that season. And so that's what I, that's what I did um, because I felt like that's what I would find the most satisfaction in. Although I had pursued, you know, jobs in the past that were just financially like lucrative. (laughs) So yeah. How about you?
0: That's incredible.
1: So after
0: undergrad, I worked in admin. So I'm pretty strong administratively like with the organization and all those things structure. And I thrive on that kind of stuff. I actually really love it. So all my jobs post-college were administrative in nature mm-hmm. because I was good at that. And it was something I literally could do in my sleep, but also I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. So I went to school to be a, doctor. So I was a biology pre-med major and about three years into college I changed my major from biology to sociology. So hard science to soft science after taking OCHEM or organic chemistry. That was the end of the road. (laughs) Um, I'm serious. OCHEM kicked my tail and I was like, oh, I ain't meant to be a doctor. This is indication. (laughs) (laughs) This one class has sealed the deal for me. So I changed the sociology because I took a lot of electives in that. And so by the time I finished college, I was like, I have no idea what I want to do in my life because I've always wanted to be a doctor. So I just worked in the field that I had natural strengths and I was like, I'll just figure it out. And um, it took me two years to go back and get my master's degree. And during those two years, basically just had a lot of conversations with people about what I do naturally, what would I do if money wasn't an issue, um, just natural skills and ability that I had that landed me in counseling. And um, I did admin work while I was in my master's program as well to, and then once I finished my master's degree, it was, all right, let's find a job in the counseling world. And so I've been doing counseling ever since.
1: Do you think that people should get jobs based on their passions? Well, um, I think
0: I'll speak for me. I will say for Raffiné, working has been more fulfilling because I work in an area where I'm passionate. So although I'm incredibly gifted at admin and it comes very easily and smooth and, you know, I can create a spreadsheet and do a meeting agenda and order supplies and uh, keep somebody's calendar and schedule appointments and all that stuff. That doesn't get me excited. When I wake up in the morning, I oftentimes dreaded going to work because I was like, "Ugh." I I mean, it's fine, but I don't love it. And so now being in the field that I am passionate about and then I love, I wake up in the morning fired up about going to work. I love having the opportunity to, influence people's lives and give them hope and help them to learn new skills and identify um, ways to change their thinking so that they can have better outcomes. So I think if you can, yes. The The thing I would add there is sometimes for people, they um, don't necessarily get to work in their area of passion full-time, but like if you can find some way to do it on the side or volunteer in the area that you're passionate about until you can work in the area of passion. That also could be a way to, um, fulfill that desire that you may have, because I have been in that place where like, I couldn't financially afford to work in a different field. So I had to find ways where I could do it on the side. Um, because the reality was I still had bills and stuff to pay. So I couldn't jeopardize you know, not being able to pay my bills for the sake of like working in my area of passion, although that was what I wanted to do. And it took me a little while to be able to
1: like get there. Yeah. Well, I think there's actually a school of thought that would say it's probably better for you to downsize your life, right, to do what Mm -hmm. you love than to try to maintain a life that, you know, doesn't free you to do what you love to do. Does that make sense?
0: It does. What, That's
1: not where I was, but I,
0: I do understand what you're saying.
1: What do you think about that?
0: Um, I mean, I I think, yeah, it makes sense. I don't know how many people are, are willing to do it, but it does make sense. I think part of that also probably goes back to just in general terms, living below your means as best as you can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think our culture is one in which we focus on, like, stuff. And I'm like, at the end of the day, the stuff doesn't matter. Like, even for me right now, the, the job that I work, I am learning a whole bunch. Um, but I made a decision to take a pay cut going to this company for, the, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but it's okay for me because I'm not hurting financially. I'm able to learn a lot of stuff that I think will be beneficial to me in my future as a counselor. And so um,
1: I just had to make that hard decision, but it's worth it in my opinion. And I think it's good that you even acknowledge that it is a hard decision because sometimes I think when we're thinking through what we want to do, especially like as a millennial, you know, you're out of college or, you know, you've been out of college for some time. You're really trying to get into the groove of adulting, you know, and and, (laughs) overrated. Listen, listen, the groove of adulting and making sure that your bills are paid and all that kind of stuff. Um, I get it. Yeah, I get it. That in and of itself is a learning process. However, you find out very quickly, you know, you don't have to be working a job 20 years, (laughs) you know, to to know, you find out very quickly if the field that you're in and what you're doing is satisfying, gives you, brings you life. If you're living for the weekend, (laughs) because you're like, my Mm -hmm. God, like I can't wait for Friday because you don't Mm -hmm. like being at your job. And then when Monday comes, you like, Oh, I gotta go back to this job like that's a probably a clear indicator that you're not in a field that you enjoy <laughs> because listen unless your work ethic is just you know you like I don't I don't like working but um, I I would say that it's great that you acknowledge that it's hard because I think Adult, you you realize like there's some some things that I just have to weigh here to see what is priority you know mm-hmm. is it priority for me to get paid a certain amount to maintain a lifestyle um that someone has told me that I have or that I think I need I have or, or that I think I need to have uh, or to impress people that I don't know and that probably don't really care about me or are thinking about me <laughs> or whatever um or you know do I sacrifice living at a certain level in order to pursue these things that I'm really, really passionate about doing in order to leave the imprint in the world, on the world that I, that I'd like to leave. Um, and I don't know, I think it's, it's challenging, at least for me, it has been because I love the work that I do, um, or that I was doing as a missionary. I loved it. I did it for seven years. Um, my husband is still doing it. He's like in his uh, 17th year, 18th year of being a full-time missionary. Um, and building into the lives of of guys in the context of a city. And so we about that life, like our family is about that life, giving to others, all that kind of stuff. However, I often am experiencing the tension um, of not being where I want to be financially in regard to like our goals. Um, We're, you know, looking to rent a house now. And I'm like, man, I just want to be able to buy one of these joints. Like, a house is $150, I'm $150,000. And I'm like, man, I want to just be able to roll up and be like, here you go. I'm just gonna go ahead and take this off your hands. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not trying to go into like a whole lot of debt for a house. I'm not trying to do that. I mean, I want to come to the table with cash, but to not have that cash in hand, I'm like, man, so, so it's been the last, I don't know, maybe three or four years that I've really been focusing on what does it look like to have cash flow what does it look like to be out of debt what does it look like to to really you know what I'm saying like pursue the things that I'm passionate about but also downsize my life you know so that I can you know meet my goals financially as well does that make sense yeah for sure yeah man so what do you think are some other things that people are trying to consider when they're picking their jobs their careers in their 20s and their in their early 30s like do you think that people are weighing all these things that we're talking about when they're going into their careers? Maybe I I don't know.
0: I I I think I encounter people in life where it's like money is a driving factor because they don't want to be poor, you know? Um whether that's because I grew up in a family that was poor mm. or I just don't want to be broke um because that would equal something for me, you know, that I think nobody wants to be broke, honestly. Um, But I think for some people, it's more of a motivator when it comes to job and work and educational attainment. And, you know, the field I choose to go into, like, if I know that this field is going to continue to be lucrative, um, a computer is not going to do my job at some point, that might be a motivating factor for me choosing to go down this career path or if I have trauma associated with being broke, like if I grew up poor, my family really struggled to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes people Mm want to get far away from that. And like, no, I'm not going to live that life because I saw what it
1: did to my mom or my dad or both my parents. Sure. No, that's Um, real. That is very real. I think mm -hmm. in a great perspective just to kind of bring to the surface. Um, Yeah. I I would hope that even a person that has that mindset and that mentality would not feel like they have to exchange doing things that they enjoy. Right. And that they love um, just to kind of secure the bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, Because I think even in the long run, like temporarily, like, yeah, you've got the bag and all that kind of stuff, but you're still dissatisfied, you know, and maybe you don't have the issue that, that your parents had, but now you've got new ones. (laughs)
0: because Mm -hmm.
1: because you know you find yourself investing and pouring into this thing that isn't returning in in gratitude or satisfaction or significance in the things that you value you know Um, yeah so I know one of the things I struggled with was um, living
0: up to other people's expectations of me so Mm -hmm. when I was going to school to be a doctor there was this, like, you know, everybody's expecting me to come to the end of this road as Dr. Raffne. And, you know, that was a factor when I considered, am I actually going to change my major? And um, I, I decided to go ahead and change it because my mom was so supportive and I think had she not been, it would have been more difficult to make that decision. Like other people weren't necessarily on board, but because my mom was, I was like, hey, y'all can all go kick rocks. Like <laughs> if if Dora says she go with it, psh, let's go. Um, but I think other people's expectations, I don't know how much of a factor this is for millennials because I think millennials are like, I'm just burning about this and this is what I'm going to do to change the world. Um, but for some people it could be, you know, I want to live up to other people's expectation. The other thing I would say is I wonder how many people like don't actually know what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. I hear that often too, Mm -hmm. is, you know, what would you do if money was an issue? And I hear people say like, I have no idea. And I'm just like, what gets you excited? Like, what do you love or what are you excited about? Doesn't You know, sometimes people get caught up into this idea of purpose and people are like, I don't know what I'm purposed to do or what I was put on earth to do. But I'm just like, what gets you fired up? And sometimes people don't even know that. And sometimes the stuff that drives me nuts about you, um, like going and taking a test, <laughs> that can actually... <laughs> that can actually sometimes help people identify like what are the things I do na- naturally? Um, and they have all kind of like job strength assessments and like the type of careers that would be helpful. Um, I wish sometimes that they did more stuff like that in schools, in high schools and even in college. Like the fact that college students have to declare a major, it's, I think they should have some time in college where they don't have to declare and mm-hmm. just, See, because for some people, they feel stuck and like, well, I started with this thing, so I have to end with this yeah, thing. Yeah. And as a person that went to undergrad for six years, like, listen, it's not worth And I decided I am not getting out of this school with a degree that I'm not going to use anything with. I could have <laughs> finished in biology and not gone to med school. But I was like, what am I doing with a biology major if I'm not a doctor? Like, I don't want to do no research. So... <laughs> I just stayed in school. I was like, forget y'all. I'm on the extended plan. <laughs> wow. Super right. senior over here. Listen, super, super senior. <laughs> okay. Okay. No need for the extra super. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, no. I had already given one super. You're right.
1: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you're right. I don't think people know Um, all the time what they're passionate about and I think that's a great question what do you get fired up about what gets you excited um what is something that you know just really gets to you as well that was something that I had to ask myself I think I heard a pastor or something one time talk about what gets you so upset you know like what moves you Mm. to just frustration whenever Mm -hmm. you hear different things happening in the world because let me tell you something whenever I would watch the news or hear stories about you know um people being raped and violated and taken advantage of or the you know disenfranchised or people at the end of the table or you know people that no one wants like the underdog like I always felt like justice needs to be served you know mm-hmm. like in these things. Let me tell you what I wasn't feeling moved about. I was never feeling moved about the planet or you know <laughs> the the <laughs> you know animal cruelty or whatever. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. They are. They just didn't move me. Yeah. Um, and so what what's interesting is that helped to inform like maybe causes I wanted to get behind things that I was like like my ears would perk up about like oh I'm interested in that because there are so many things happening in the world and honestly as individuals and as people we do not have the capacity to 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 bear the weight of every issue in the world we don't we don't have the capacity. It would it would crush us. I think it would consume us. I think only God really has the ability to do that. So I know people who are like, "Oh, did you watch the Super Bowl? Like, oh, you're not here for Kaepernick, or you know, or whatever, or or did you do this? Oh, you don't <clears throat> you don't support you know this movement over here." And I'm like, I, it's not that necessarily. However, there are things that I think each individual could be moved by, could be passionate about, could really be intrigued with, mm-hmm. and and those unique things. You know, speak to those unique people and I think could inform the decisions that they make in regard to their careers, um, in regard to the things that they invest their time and their resources in. And honestly, there might be things that you're passionate about that move you that maybe God has put you in a position to give to financially, you know, because Mm -hmm. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people who were on my ministry partner team, who were just as passionate about the things that I was trying to do in the city, but they knew that they weren't, they didn't have the talent or gifting to do it. So they just supported financially. So I think that's another thing too, to look at your gifts and your talents and what skills you have. um, And also think like, am I using the things that are in me, the things that I I do naturally and and that I'm talented um, in to, to change the world, to leave my imprint. Um, And that could again, be on a lot of different levels. So I think you're right. Sometimes people don't know, but it's a a matter of having that conversation and even asking the people around you. I think it was really cool for you to say, like, you know, I I talked to my mom, you know, she's the person that had the closest relationship with you at the time. And she was like, hey, uh, I think this is a good move for you, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, going back to community, the importance of relationships and, and people who can speak into your process and help guide you and say, man, you would be great at this or, you know what, you don't really seem too happy here. Maybe you should try looking, (laughs) you know, for another opportunity. Yeah, One
0: of the things I would say, too, about my mom and that I would say to the parents out there or people that want to be parents, like, uh, don't try to live vicariously through your children. And I think that sometimes parents put this pressure on their kids to be certain professions or have these Certain kinds of jobs because they didn't get a chance to do that, or something that they're passionate about, or they believe that, you know, they would be so good at this. And and those things may be true, but like allow them to explore and figure out like what gets them excited, what gets them fired up, what do they love, and it it might be the thing that you want them to do, but it may not. Um, and I I've I've encountered some friends that had difficulty with choosing a career path because of the resistance from other people and, um, whether that's parents or family or friends or whoever, like it, I think it's hard enough trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, but not having the support of those that are around you can make it more difficult
1: for sure. And I think on the flip side, I think sometimes parents might just want more for their, for their kids, you know, because they did struggle because they may, they might have found themselves, um, you know, working a job that had to meet a need, you know, and not really being able to give themselves to the thing that they were super passionate about. They might feel like they're doing the right thing by pushing their, their kid to, to pursue the job that is the most financially stable, you know, because they want for them to have more than what they had. Um, I, I think that parents sometimes mean well, but they don't always um, make the best decisions <laughs> to, to show that you know, to their kids. But good stuff, man. Good stuff. So I hope that this has been helpful to everyone, this dialogue, this candid dialogue about jobs and what career has looked like for both of us. And even as we were reflecting about the high school stuff, the jobs that kind of shaped, you know, what we would do and how we would, you know, influence people uh, growing up. I know for me, every single job I've ever had had something to do with interacting with other people. And I've never had a desk job. I've never had a job that Required me to kind of just be alone, you know, left with my work. And, you know, it's always been some level of interaction and engagement. And I can just see that theme in my life. And so for you, if you're thinking about, man, how do I figure out what I'm passionate about um, when it comes to career opportunities and stuff, take some time to reflect and try to see if there's a thread that's kind of been, you know, sewn. You know, through the different life experiences that you've had or, Mm -hmm. you know, jobs that you've had, um, especially the ones that you've enjoyed, and see if if that's telling, you know, if that reveals something to you about what you might be good at or what you might want to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Remember, every Sunday at noon, we'll have a new episode. And so, thank you for listening this week. We'll have another one for you next week. We're actually next week going to be talking about. Uh, introverts and extroverts, and so you do not want to miss next week's episode. It's gonna be thebomb.com. We're gonna do a little bit of research, a couple of surveys. You know, is that what you call? Them? Is that what you call? Them? Yes, <laughs> yes. In in the in the in the page sixty eight world.
0: Oh, um, it's not the pages, That's the normal American regular old world. <laughs>
1: surveys and polls they got them on yes. instagram <laughs> we're gonna do that um to get some some thoughts and opinions from people about what it looks like for them to be an introvert and an extrovert and so thank you so much for listening you guys until next time remember it's not a hard conversation y'all it's a heart conversation okay hello